I'm not, I'm not going to go into all the scriptures that Jesus talked about about the kingdom. There are many, and and when you when you talk about the the the, the kingdom that the yeast that makes its way through the dough, the the seed that grows up into a big tree, everything is about growth. It's about expansion. It's about that it continues on and on even when you aren't aware of it. It's growing. It's taking over. He started. Remember, he started with just this little group of. Of, of followers, right? L- look at the world now. I'm going to start. I'm going to show you tonight the difference of where things were and where they are to show you just how much things are expanding. But he's the one that told us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. So what we're going to do is look at Isaiah 9, 7. I'm not going to look at the passages Jesus talked about. I want to look at the first, one of the first ones that talked about his kingdom. This Isaiah was uh, prophesying in, in chapter 9 about Jesus. This is all about Jesus. You can read the whole thing later, but I want to go to specifically to verse 7. This is after he said, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The next sentence of the increase of his government, Jesus and peace there shall be no end remember this was a prophecy this was this was you know a, roughly 2000 years before jesus but it, he's saying it's coming it's coming it's coming once jesus came he came to establish his kingdom that is never going away and that that verse when you look at at the structure of it in the hebrew it's it is absolutely tied into the description beforehand. In other words, it's about him being the prince of peace. What kind of ruler is he? Oh, the prince of peace one. And that, and so therefore, this increase is going to continue. There's no end. Look at some of the other uh, translations underneath it, the Lexham English Bible. His dominion will grow continually, and to peace there will be no end. New Jerusalem Bible, to extend his dominion in boundless peace. The message, his ruling authority will grow and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. Good news translation, his royal power will continue to grow. His kingdom will always be at peace. Where's his kingdom? It's inside of you. It's actually more and more all around you. When it talks about, when Isaiah later talks about the light increasing in the midst of the darkness, I'm telling you, the points of light, if you could look down on the earth right now, I'm going to give you statistics in a little bit, but there's close to a billion Christians and growing very quickly on the earth. If you saw each one of those believers as having brilliant light emanating from them all over the earth, you would see the, the globe starting to glow. His dominion is everywhere. It's everywhere and it's expanding. And you've got to know this. You've got to know this. Otherwise, you're going to fall into the doom and gloom camp. And I'm telling you, it's not going to serve you well because that's not what we're here to do. He said, my kingdom's going to increase and expand, and you're part of it. So let's look at the rest of Isaiah 9-7, but I'm specifically going to look at the message version, which I already read the first part of. So I'll read the whole verse 7 in the message says, Jesus' ruling authority will grow, and there will be no limits to the wholeness that he brings. He will rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom, 
Remember, it's, this is Isaiah looking forward to what's going to happen. But now we are looking back to what has already happened and been established. He will put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and with right living, beginning now and lasting always. Now, how is it going to happen? The zeal of God of the angel armies will do all this. The zeal, the fervor is one of the better translations for that word. The fervor of God. It's his jealous love. He's going to make it happen. I have to, I have to be honest with you. I, I, many of you know my story. I went, I, I've been so, I so long for the presence of God. I so want him with all I have. And so that took me on a journey where I went to all these hot spots. Most of this is a couple of decades ago now. You know, uh, Brownsville and Toronto and all of them. Because I just had to have God. And um, what it was good. It was really good because it stirred things up in me. But i got to be honest. What it also caused me to do is, is to try really, really, really hard to make revival happen. And, and I couldn't make it happen the way I wanted to. No matter. I mean, I could fast. I could do whatever I wanted. I couldn't make it happen. Because you know what? If we can make everything happen that we want to, we really don't need God, do we? See, now... Here's another, here's another misconception I, I've had through the years that's really changing, even more recently. I used to always think that, that when God showed up in a major way someday, that it was going to be so radical from this to this that, that, that we would know. I mean, in a day. I'm not saying God can't do this, but my, my perception was always that, um, you know, the 3,000 that are added in, in a day in the book of Acts. Can God do that? Of course he can, and he is all over the world. My point is this, though. I was not understanding the ever-increasing kingdom that's always going on. It's that water level that's always rising. It's the heat that's always going up, and sometimes it's subtle, and so you don't know that it's happening. But I'm, and I'm saying this to all of you, I'm a different person than I was a few years ago, a very different person than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and so are you. The longer you've been in the king's domain, you are radically different than you were. And sometimes you can get discouraged because you're looking from day to day. You're looking from week to week. God says, no, why don't you back up with me and see this picture and what I promised I would do for you. I am changing you. And, and how's it happening? It's his zeal. It's his fervor. It's his passionate love over you, his choice over you that's making it happen. That's the kingdom. So we're going to look at, I'm going to look at five scriptures that's going to show you God's expanding kingdom, all right? So that you're, so I want you after a while to go, whoa, this is really good. That's it. Good practicing. That's good. So here's the first one. We are going from brighter to brighter. Here's Proverbs 4.18. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter until the full light of day. I am totally good with you getting really excited about these. This is because that's exactly what's going on. But how many righteous ones do we have in this room? I think most of you actually believe that, which is a really good thing. 
However, if you've grown up in a culture where they say, well, no, you can't be righteous, only God is, he's imparted that to you. Jesus said, I share my righteousness with you. Because of me, you are right with God. We have to catch up to the truth. What I'm telling you is truth. It doesn't mean you believe it all the time. Although that's changing too, which we'll get to. Are you, are you, I'm loving this. (laughs) The word preaches it. I just get to say it. This is awesome. So we are, we are the righteous ones and we are shining brighter and brighter and brighter. Let's go to the next one. We are going from grace to grace. Check this out. This is in the amplified version, John 1:16. For out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all, can you say all? All received. We've all had a share and we were all supplied with one grace after another, one spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Every day is Christmas in God's kingdom. And if Christmas wasn't a good time for you growing up, you're going to learn a new reality of what, of what it's supposed to be like. Because he's going to bless his kids. That's what he does. We are going from grace to grace. Here's another one. We are going from strength to strength. That's in Psalm 84.7. You know what I like? I didn't do the whole psalm, but what I love about that psalm is it even talks about some of the sadness along the way in the journey, but even there, God makes a watering hole. It says that right before it says we're going from strength to strength. And, and, and you know this. If you've been, you know, the more you journey with the Lord, you know that some of the harder times, the ones where you've had to cry through are the times where you got the strongest in him, where he showed up in ways that you needed and you couldn't have seen any other way. But I'm telling you, you are going from strength to strength. It's all his strength. We know that. But it's his gift to you. It's his gift to you. Here's another one. We're going from faith to faith. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's Romans 1.17. Now check out that picture. That is Jesus on top of the water reaching down for you. You being, you being Peter, right? Isn't that awesome? Let me tell you why it's so awesome. Because a lot of times we talk about Peter being the one that had the guts, you know, to step out because Jesus told him. You know, we, you know Jesus, tell me to come and I will. He's like, come on then. Let's, let's go to the next step, Peter. That actually wasn't supposed to be a pun, but okay. Anyway, uh, So Peter steps out of the boat. He's actually doing good for a little while. Then he starts to sink, right? Now, what I love about this, this from going f- from faith to faith, we keep thinking that faith, you know, we have great faith when we don't blow it, when we don't make mistakes, when we always trust the Lord, when we don't doubt him. No, that's not actually true. It's in the midst of it when we see him coming to us anyway. And he reaches out his hand and he says, oh, you forgot. You forgot. You forgot about my kingdom and what it's really like. But come here. Come here, Peter. Come here, you guys. Let's get up here on the water again. 
that was a whole different lesson for Peter than actually stepping out of the boat. And I don't, I don't think I've ever really thought about this much. But the, the lesson he learned when Jesus brought him up anyway, Jesus wasn't ticked off. He wasn't disappointed. If anything, he was so proud of Peter. Peter, you're the only one that had the guts to even ask me to do that. You wanted to be out here with me. Way to go, Peter. Now, come on up. You forgot. Come here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you about my, in my kingdom, the rules are what I say they are. I'll let you chew on that one for a little bit. Here's one more. We are going from glory to glory. All of us are looking with unveiled faces at the glory of the Lord as if we were looking in a mirror. We are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, I have a whole long teaching on this, so I'm not going to get into it right now. I'm going to give you the really short version. But when, but when Moses in the old covenant said, God, show me your glory, God's goodness passed before him externally. In the new covenant, when we say to God, God, I want to see your glory. God, show me your glory. He says to you, look in the mirror. Because you carry it. You carry his glory in you. And I know there are days when you're saying, well, I don't feel like Jesus. I don't feel like I'm being a good, you know, a very, very uh, good, good representation. That's okay. Look back in his eyes again and let him love on you again. Let his love come and start seeping in again. Let him tell you who you are because the more you look at him, the brighter you glow with his glory. And it is his nature. It is his character. You're, you're taking these things to the world and you're doing it. Now, remember, this is, um, here, let's just go to the next one because I'm going to show you this. According to these verses, we can accurately say that the church is currently walking in the greatest brightness, grace, strength, faith, and glory that it ever has. Yes, you can get excited about that. That is a 100% true statement. It has to be. Because his kingdom does not diminish. He doesn't backtrack. I know there are times when you might feel like you do. He says, yeah, and you haven't seen the whole picture yet. Because even, even when Bill was saying earlier, hey, are you struggling with things? This is where Jesus says, watch what I do. If you'll actually just be open about the stuff. Be op just come to me and be real and be yourself and say, Jesus, this is the stuff I'm struggling with. And know that he's not rejecting you and he's not upset at you. You watch. He will bring you to the next places. All you have to do is keep an open heart. Say, Jesus, I'm letting you in. I'm, I'm choosing to believe. You accept me for who I am. You want me because you chose me first. Here I am. Take my heart. Take me to places that I've longed to go and I can't get there on my own. He says, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Wow. Just let's just soak in this for a minute because actually the Lord is so present. He is so present. I've just given you all kinds of truth that you could chew on for months, years. But mainly you need to know his heart is for you. His covenant promises are real. Covenant means I can't go back on it. These are my words to you. You are my choice. I will do for you what you can't do 
So all over again, would you would you just give God permission? God, I believe you. You're taking me from strength to strength. You're taking me from glory to glory. You're taking me from faith to faith. I don't have to understand it to be able to believe it and know it's true. Take me there, Jesus. And thank you. I'm giving you permission. Giving you permission to take a hold of my heart. Do what you want to do because that's where we're going together. Just tell him that. We're going there together, Jesus, because you said so. So here's the thing. If some of you are still saying, yeah, but, but Brandon, it, it seems like darkness is winning. It just seems like the world is more evil than it was, you know, however many years ago. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of historical perspective. For you to know, really, how much light is expanding, how much God's kingdom is overtaking. I'm going to read to you a little bit um, from, uh, actually, there's this book I was reading called uh, by Jonathan Welton. It's called Raptureless, An Optimistic Guide to the End of the World. <laughs> That's the name of the book. I have to give, I have to give it credit because this is what I'm going to read to you a little bit from it. See, because a lot of times we, again, we have a hard time believing what I'm just saying. We're like, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't seem that way to us because we're aware of some of the evil, a lot of the evil that's around the world. Let me just say this before I even read this. I have thought about this many times. People like people in the in the uh, in the Bible, they didn't have the information we have. Let's just pick one person. Let's pick Moses. He didn't know what was going on in 99.9% of the world. He didn't have internet. He didn't he didn't get depressed about things that were going on in Africa or wherever else, Asia. He didn't. He was he was just living his part of the world with God. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying that that contributes. Our information load contributes to why we feel a lot of the reasons we feel about why we what we think is going on on the earth, you know, why we think darkness is winning, which it is not. So um, so first, let's look at the early 1800s. A lot of times we think, you know, we, we romanticize uh, when this country was young. Oh, those were the good old days, right? So here we go. First, let's look at what life was like in the United States 200 years ago. At that time, the population was slightly over 5 million, but 20% of those people were slaves. That's more than 1 million slaves. Abortion was legal in most of the uh, 19th century, and according to the records, one-fifth of all pregnancies were aborted. Also, in many states, the age of sexual consent was as low as 9 or 10 years old, and prostitution was commonplace. This was the time of the pioneers and covered wagon trains heading westward. Thousands re relocated to the Wild West looking for gold and a fresh start. When gold was discovered, the gold rushes created the most despicable and dangerous of communities. In fact, throughout the West, murder was so common that most people carried a gun for protection. Even in safer frontier communities, no organized churches were formed until years after settlements had been established. At, this, uh, at the same time, Tens of thousands of American Indians were murdered or forced from their lands, and thousands of Christian people, sorry, Chinese people, were imported on the western coast as slaves. During that time period, women had virtually no rights. So you, please, as I'm reading this, keep thinking about what Jesus said he came to bring. You know, freedom, equality, all those kinds of things that, just remember that. As, we're thinking, as, as I'm reading this, during that time period, women had virtually no rights. Not only were women not allowed to vote, 
but their husbands were legally allowed to beat them as long as they avoided maiming or killing them. Also, alcoholism occurred at a much higher rate than it does today. Although go some godly people were laying the foundations for the U.S. government and other good things were happening, from these simple statistics, we can plainly see that morally, ethically, and spiritually, the climate of the U.S. was far worse than it is today. Now, now they look back, they say, okay, let's go back 2,000 years to when Jesus was born. Yeah. As we know, the Roman Empire ruled the world. Throughout the empire, slavery was commonplace, to the point that in Italy, the hub of the empire, about 40% of the population was slaves. Homosexuality was also the norm, especially between masters and slaves. Many babies were killed after birth because of being determined sickly or even simply female. Obviously, since Jesus was still a child, the gospel had not yet arrived on the scene. The Jews had a revelation of God, yet they lived in disobedience, and it had been 400 years since a prophet had spoken on God's behalf. I don't even think we can understand that. We are in such a prophetic culture these days. God is so showing himself. What would that have been like to feel like God was silent for 400 years? How many generations is that? That's, that's a lot. That's a long, long time. Most people worshipped a multitude of cruel and capricious gods, including Jupiter, Juno, uh, Juno, and Neptune. Temple prostitution, ritual child sacrifice were a regular part of this religious system. This was the era of the gladiators, and in Roman arenas, people were regularly tortured to death or mauled by wild animals. Later, under Nero, this fate befell many of the early Christians. Philosophers um, that Western society likes to praise, Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates, saw nothing wrong with these practices. You know what, honestly, this kind of goes on and on. I'm not even going to read it all because it's just a bunch. But here's what I want to say. In, in, by comparison, let's examine the world today. The gospel is reaching even the remotest places in the world. Christianity is experiencing phenomenal growth globally. In fact, worldwide, more than 200,000 people are being born again daily. In China, these, are, of course, are all estimates. There's so much going on underground churches, you guys. No matter what the culture, whether it's Asia, whether it's India, whether it's Middle East, any of them, there's huge underground. The statistics aren't even going to tell us who's being saved because many of those people can't say that they're saved. Otherwise, they will, they will die. So these are just estimates. In China, 20,000 a day. South America, 35,000 a day. Uh, that adds up to more than a million people who are becoming Christians every week. The tiny seed that came into the earth in that little nation of Israel has grown to permeate the earth. Christianity is, in fact, the largest, most influential force of humanity in the world today. Certainly, I'm not saying our world is perfect or that global peace and utopia are just around the corner. Until Jesus returns, the struggle between light and dark will continue. Difficult times of war, famine, disease, and poverty may yet happen in the future. And during such times, people are often capable of the most inhumane acts. I'm not denying the reality that life is sometimes tragic and excruciatingly painful. But I also want to highlight the definite reality that though it is not anywhere near perfect living here on earth, it is consistently becoming morally, ethically, and spiritually better. We must be watchful and at hard work, for there's still much to do uh, before Christ's return. But we must do this with the understanding that we are gaining ground, not losing it. The increase of God's government and peace is truly 
without end. And then he gives other statistics. I won't go into all of them. Um, there's, again, almost a billion born-again people today on the earth, um, and, and uh, increasing by 8% each year. Now, this is no, I know the statistic isn't real because n nothing is like a flat line graph. It just doesn't work that way in life, you know, when God's in charge. But if it were, if it were going at the rate it's going now, then by 2032, there will be more Christians than people on the earth. Remember earlier I said, you know, uh, we, we often talk about when, when God shows up and 3,000 are added to a number in a day, right? You know, like it was in the book of Acts. Well, right now, 3,000 are getting saved every 25 minutes. The math is overwhelming. This is the biggest mega shift in history. Can you think of any time when over a billion people eagerly changed their lives and loyalties in one generation? Looking at the statistics, we can clearly see that if growth continues at this rate, whole nations will experience transformation on all levels. And the last thing he says is we are in the early stages of a total transformation of our planet. Is there a battle? Of course there is. So, I, again, this isn't like pie in the sky. Oh, no problems. We're going to cruise. I'm just telling you what is true, that the kingdom is increasing and increasing. Let me just give you one example, because I've been thinking about this one lately. The whole um, area, I want to say this the right way, the shift happening globally with the awareness and the eradication of the atrocities of the sex slave labor. Do I mean, I'm just talking about in the last five years what I've seen happen, where there's so much more awareness. There are so many ministries going after this. N countries are changing. Governments are changing and saying what was okay just a few short years ago is not okay anymore. It, it's, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is just one area, but the whole thing is shifting. It is. And, and, and what will be the next thing that God highlights? I don't know, but we're all, you know, I'm sure he's already highlighting the next things. But those things keep bubbling up because society, more and more of us are in the kingdom, the king's domain, and we are ushering his kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. That's what's happening. Okay, that was your pep talk. And you are all alive for such a time as this. You're part of that. You're part of that change. You're part of that history that's going on. So don't ever feel like your part doesn't matter because it's all about all of us listening to the Lord, doing what he says, doing our part. It all matters. It all matters. I, a couple days ago, we had our um, heart revival service, which is every first and third Wednesday, not here in a church in uh, Dublin. And um, this last week was just phenomenal. Marilyn, I'm sorry, Diane, who you already met, uh, who was up here earlier, Diane and Marilyn Gaw did the teaching on the intercession. It was phenomenal. <laughs> and Marilyn started sharing something that's, that's kind of in line with all this, with God, what God's doing historically, where we are at. And I, and I said, Marilyn, would you please come and share a little bit of that? So would you welcome Marilyn Gaw? She's going to share.
Thank you. Ooh, I like that iPad. <laughs> My notes aren't on it, though. <laughs> um, yeah, Wednesday was really nice. Um, thank you, everybody. Um, yeah, so the, the focus was intercession on Wednesday. And um, I came a different from a different angle. I um, wanted to talk about synergy that night. And synergy is what happens when there is agreement or unity or when you come in one accord. So I'm going to just read you the definition of synergy so you can have a better understanding. The combined action of two or more which have a greater total effect than the sum of their individual effect. I'll read it again. The combined action of two or more which have a greater total effect than the sum of their individual effect. An example would be like if you had two people and each person could lift 100 pounds, the sum of that would be 200. But if you brought the two people together, then um, they could lift like 300 or 350 pounds. So that is synergy. That is, it's a multiplying effect or a power. So synergy happens when we actually come together in one accord. And I just want to use um, the passage out of Acts 2 because that so clearly um, shows synergy. And that's when the disciples came together and they were in one accord is what the Bible says. And all of a sudden they hear this mighty rushing wind and these tongues of fire just start to appear over their head. And they start speaking in other languages. Well, that mighty rushing wind or the sound of it was actually heard in the city. And those guys that were in the city came out to see what was going on. And um, these guys that were speaking in other languages were speaking these guys' languages. Um, and they understood that these guys were Galileans, and yet they're speaking their language. And it must have been a, just a sight to see because they thought they were drunk as well. So Peter, Pastor Peter, I'll call him, um, he stands up and he starts giving them some understanding of this. Um, he starts telling him, what you see is what Joel, Prophet Joel prophesied, just that um, in the last days, God's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. And so um, he continues to preach. He talks about Jesus. He says, um, you know, this is the Jesus that you crucified. And these guys, like, well, what do we do? And um, Peter says, well, he repent. And he led them in repentance, and they became believers. Many of them became believers. It says that 3,000 were added um, to their number that day. And, and I was just declaring that that's where we're headed, because there is a word out there there's a word that's been prophesied that there's going to be a billion soul harvest. And, and that is so possible for us to have thousands come in in one day when this revival really gets going in a really powerful way. We're headed there. I, I just want to share a word, and, and I don't know if Brent is going to share it, but um, he got a word 20 years ago. And God, asked, God showed him that he was going to be sweeping through this tri-valley in revival. And he invited Brent and Suzanne to come along and they said yes and I just want to say that we have said yes to revival yeah 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 so God is so wanting us to be so connected unified and in one accord that releases synergy or power ministry 
More and more we are becoming powerful ministers of reconciliation and ambassadors of love. I, our lives are being restored and our hearts are being revived in preparation for the biggest move of God in history. So God is releasing synergy. He's releasing it in our home groups. He's releasing it in our heart revival services, and he's releasing it here. And I just want to give you a testimony of last Saturday. Um, there was just so much synergy in the room during worship, and I just sensed the Lord. Um, just, I, I just felt like the atmosphere was so pregnant. I felt like anything could happen in that atmosphere. And we were in such one accord. I felt that same thing tonight. We were During worship, we were in such one accord. And God was just sovereignly doing things all over the room. I could feel last week and, to, and this week. Um, but I want to tell you about a gathering that I went to a couple weeks ago in San Francisco. Um, the main speakers were Dutch Sheets and Chuck Pierce. And Dutch talked about, um, he called it synergy of the ages. And the way he described it was he said that he was praying one day, and he said that God spoke to him, and he said, I want you to agree with the prayers of Gordon Lindsay. Now, Gordon Lindsay is the, he's the founder of Christ for the Nations. It's a seminary in, in Texas, which Dutch is currently is the director and Dutch says back to God, well, how can I agree with his prayers when he's dead? And God said, his prayers are still on record. And I'm looking for someone to agree with them so I can do what he prayed. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. Yeah. So God is just so wanting to connect past generations with the present. And I'm going to give you some points that he said during that gathering. He said, God wants to connect the generations, movements, and anointings from the past to the present. The more the generations connect, the more power or synergy is released. The more the races and nations connect, the more synergy is released. When, the body of, when we, the body of Christ, honor each other, are unified, and bring our gifts together, there's synergy where one plus one equals ten. So God is connecting us. He's connecting the body of Christ. If you look at the prayer movement in the last 10 to 15 years, there's just prayer houses all over the place, just in California, in the America, actually in the nations. And we are coming together. And that the, the bowls that are in heaven, the, the prayers of the saints are filling up faster than ever before because of this unity that's taking place in the body of Christ. So this, this message on Synergy of the Ages really caught my attention during, his, during this meeting, this gathering in San Francisco, because right before he spoke it, I had an encounter during worship. And in the encounter, I, I was before the throne, and I was with just a great number of people, like a multitude of people. And I understood the people to be my ancestors. And I was just amazed. I was astonished, really, because I didn't realize I had so many believers in my family. And we began to worship the Lord. And, and there was just, like, such a unity in the worship. It, it was, like, synergistic. There was just a unity of we all were unified in the fact that Jesus was the worthy lamb. And, and I tell you, that it was, like, euphoric to me to actually worship like that. But... Um, 
But what happened was when, and then Dutch came to preach that message, it kind of just like really caught my attention. I, I could understand it more because of what had just happened with me. Um, then about maybe a few days later when I was at home, um, I just started, I went into a prayer time and I started asking the Lord um, about this time. Like I was trying to understand, I was thinking about my experience, I was thinking about what Dutch had said. And all of a sudden I started asking the Lord, what did my ancestors pray? <laughs> just curious, and I did get an answer. I felt like the Holy Spirit said freedom. And immediately when I heard freedom, immediately I thought of my ancestors that had been slaves. And so I just began to agree with those prayers. And, um, and even as I agreed with those prayers, you, you know, I was born free. <laughs> but, you know, when you're a slave, you, you develop these mindsets, and they get passed down in your generation. And I felt like God was freeing, like, mindsets of slavery. So this thing of this connecting with the generations, it's, it's really hitting home for me. There is something to connecting with past generations and agreeing with it. And the more I thought about it, I started thinking about um, William Seymour. Now, William Seymour, he was, the f he was the one that led the Sousa Street Revival. And it was a ri revival that took place from 1906 to 1915. And it's actually the beginning of the Pentecostal movement. But I want to give you the word that he prophesied back then. He said, in a hundred years, there would be an outpouring of God's spirit and his Shekinah glory that will be greater and far more reaching than what was experienced at Azusa. And I just want to tell you, we are in that hundred year time. We are in it. It's here. It's here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So, um, yeah. So, God, I just want to um, actually share a word that Dutch gave in San Francisco. Now, there's many parts to this word, but I'm just going to share a couple parts of it. He gave a word um, a couple weeks ago. Um, he said he got woken up at 515. And when he woke up, immediately God said, Acts 515. So um, I'm going to read you what Acts 515 says. It says, they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Now, that word shadow, Peter's shadow, is not the shadow that's cast on the ground when the sun is shining on you, but that word is translated hovering presence, like when in Genesis the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth and released creative powers through the word. That word shadow is translated to envelop in glory in light, haze, or brilliancy, like when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and that cloud enveloped him. And that word shadow is also translated hover around you, like when the Holy Spirit hovered around Mary when she became impregnated with Jesus. And so that hovering or that shadow is really the Holy Spirit, yeah, emanating from you. It's the Holy Spirit. Think about that. So the word is, the word is, I could see God moving in gatherings, so much so that the Spirit of God could no longer be confined to the buildings, that the Spirit would radiate, hover out from there into the streets and sidewalks. 
I could see people walking out in front of the buildings, crying out and being delivered of demons on street corners. The hovering is going to get out into the streets. Entire cities are going to be in the hovering pre presence. And then Chuck Pierce said, my shadow, speaking of God, my shadow has been contained in my house. But I say I'm going to start breaking the shadow of my spirit out of my house into the land. The streets will be overshadowed. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is like the word of the Lord that came just two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes. And then the other part of the word, that same word I want to share that just Dutch spoke was, um, he said he was woken up at 515 and he heard Acts 515. And he also heard there's a new order coming. God is ready to move us into that new order. We're going to move back into a fresh expression and hear clearly what it, he is saying. We're not going to forerun for awakening. We're going to announce and release the spirit of awakening into America. So I, I just announce it. Awakening is here. The forerunning is over. Awakening is here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's just agree with that together. Awakening is here. Awakening is here. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. How's it going to happen? I already told you. The zeal, the ardor, the jealous love of God is going to make it happen. If it's up to us, forget about it. But he is looking for kids who agree with him. Where does, what about this, this synergy of the ages? What about this generation thing? You know, are, are we, aren't we getting a little bit out there? Okay, let me just show you where it is in Scripture. Hebrews 11, 39 and 40 in the Message Bible. Not, this was after the litany of all the saints who have gone before us, how faithful they were. Interesting, he calls them faithful even though they made mistakes. Hmm. Okay. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. Their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt that much on that passage is right now. I've always known it was true, but my spirit is like, Whoa. you know, God's spirit is saying, this is true. I've said, I've said this before, but there's, there's only one story being told, really. It's, it's the story of Jesus through the ages, and we're, we all have parts to play, and it's one big story. And can I tell you something today, this weekend being Memorial Weekend, what a great time just to say, even those who have lost their lives, whether those in the service, whether those saints that have gone before us, martyrs, you know, because sometimes we look at it and it feels like such a waste. Like, why did they have to die for that? 
I don't understand it all, but I know that this is true, that somehow the Lord perfectly orchestrates all of history, including the tragedies, because he's telling one story where every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's where this is going. And so, and so those that were fighting for freedom, those that, were, that lost their lives for the sake of Jesus, none of that was in vain. None of that was in vain. There, there's a place for all of it. I don't understand it all, but I know there's a place for all of it. I want to do one more thing. I want to, I want to, uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of Arthur Burt. He's alive right now, as far as I know. I just looked yesterday. He's 102, um, lives in, in, in England. And um, why am I showing you Arthur Burt? Because, because when Marilyn shared what she did on Wednesday, I've been holding on to this word since, since that day when, when uh, Bob Jones, remember Bob Jones went to be with the Lord on, on Valentine's Day, and we actually made quite a big deal about it that, that Saturday about, about the billion soul harvest that Jesus told him was coming um, when he went to heaven and met Jesus. Anyway, I don't want to tell the whole story. I'm trying to tie it into this because, because Arthur Burt, who's, who's older than Bob Jones by quite a bit, um, Arthur Burt, when he was 30 years old, he, he had a prophecy that, the, that he remembers to this day, word for word. It was one of those you cannot, he could not forget. And, and again, it was in, it was in 1930, he, and he was with a group of about 30 people that day, including Smith Wigglesworth, just to give you an idea of the company he was around. Now, where does Bob Jones fit into this? Well, about, about um, 15 years ago or so, 10 or 15 years ago, I don't know the exact date, but about that, Bob Jones gets a word from the Lord and says, you need to encourage this guy in England, who he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know his name. He's like, he got this word, you know, back in 1930, um, just tell him that he's going to be alive to see it. Um, and by the way, 1930 is when Bob Jones was born. Just to kind of, this is all just keeps going. But anyway, I was waiting because I wanted to release this when, when Arthur went to be with Jesus. I thought, oh, what a perfect time to release it because just like Bob Jones, when he went to heaven and was given the promises of the Lord of what he would see while he was alive, the beginning of the billion soul harvest, which means we're in the middle of it. And, and same thing with Arthur Burt, but when, when Marilyn shared what she did, there was something that rose up to me, and I knew in that moment this is the time to share it. So I'm going to share this word with you. Um, this is the prophecy. I'm just going to read it first to you. There shall come a breath, and the breath shall bring the wind. And the wind shall bring the rain. And the rain shall bring the floods and floods and floods. And the floods shall bring the torrents and torrents and torrents. So shall they be saved like falling leaves from the mighty oaks swept by a hurricane in a great forest. Arms and legs shall come down from heaven. And there shall be no ebb. You have to, in case you don't know what ebb means, you have to know what ebb means. Ebb is when the, when the wave comes out in the ocean, then when it starts to recede, that's the ebb. When it goes back into the ocean, no, there's no ebb. It's going here and here and here and here. 
There shall be no end. Now, I want to read it one more time, only this time I'm going to read you some of Bob Jones's commentary while he was still alive. This is some of what he unpacked this. This was a few years back. He said, there shall come a breath. Actually, Bob did not say this. This is my part. There shall come a breath. I just want to say that everything in, is initiated by God. There, that breath is the ruach, the breath of God. That's where everything originates. God declares it, and that's why it happens. There's a breath. So it starts with God. Now, the rest of, the, the rest of the, what I'm going to add is Bob Jones' uh, interp interpretations of this. And the wind, uh, and the breath shall bring the wind. And Bob says, and the wind that's blowing is a wind of change. Angel power like you've never seen it. And I'll let you read this later. Hebrews 1, verses 7 and 14. You can read that later. Just, just so you know where some of this is coming from. It's all in the book. And he said, and then, and then the wind shall bring the rain. And Bob says, I believe the rain represents inspired priests. A teacher that teaches by revelation of the written word of God. The Holy Spirit bringing the true meaning of scripture. This inspired priest, preacher, prophet is going to bring the word that the body of Christ needs the most. And what is that word? I love you. This is Bob Jones talking about this word saying, the word that is needed and that is being brought from God's heart to ours, I love you. And the rain shall bring the floods and the floods and the floods and the floods and shall bring the torrents and torrents and torrents. Now, Bob said three floods. A flood represents a movement of God that cannot be stopped. These are floods of salvation on a scale that is unimaginable. Three different waves. Toronto brought back the joy. Brownsville brought back the repentance and the praise. The third wave will be the wave of commitment or surrender. Now, I'm going to tell you, Bob said this five years ago, meaning I believe we're absolutely in the midst of this. Commitment or surrender. What did we start with today? Holy Spirit, you order my day. That my life is yours. See, God's getting us to a place where we actually believe that and we want him. We're surrendering in a way we never have before. And, and Bob goes on, you who have been wrestling with God, get ready for his loving touch. Get ready to limp in your weakness to where you're no longer Jacob, but Israel, the prince of God. Man, we're running out of time tonight. Darn it. Because i, I got to tell you this quick story. And, Sh and Sherry, you're still coming up just for a story. But the quick story is that and I, I don't tell this part of my story often. You, many of you have heard how I, I, felt I had a real crushing time in my life before Blazing Fire. Felt like a failure and all those kinds of things. It's in my book. Read it. <laughs> but this is the part I don't share much is that I had a dream several months before the worst part of the crushing took place. And in that dream, I was given an inheritance on a silver platter, literally. There was a silver platter given to me, and it was about a name change from Jacob to Israel. I, I've rarely shared that with people. And, and when I read this, I went, oh, that's exactly what happened. See, I walk with a limp now. I was, I was crushed in a really good way and became an entirely different person that now relies upon God and trusts him, loves him in a way I, I couldn't before. So sometimes when you're going through some really crushing times, 
I, I just want you to see the whole thing. There's, there's purpose in the pain, right? When you see the purpose, there's, and then you know why you're going through pain. It makes it different. And so when you're going through crushing times, I can tell you there's a reason. And God is bringing you through it, and you're going to be a different person on the other side. We're almost done here. The, a torrent is a river in extreme flood that cannot be stopped. This is, this is Bob talking again. The torrents have to do with the end-time revival of a billion people, which the Lord talked about in 1975 personally with Bob. And I want to say again that this is, all this is going to do is increase and increase. If you've ever thought, God, you know, why, why do we have to keep going back? We're, we're not going back. I don't know if you know this. We're in a different time. I've, I've never felt like this. In all the years I've been, I've been going after it and going after the Lord, this feels entirely different. We have crossed over into a different time. This is not hype. This is just the way it is. So um, I want to end. I have to say this. It's 9 o'clock, which means um, we're getting to the point where parents, you need to get your kids. Um, but I invite you to bring them back. Sherry's going to share a quick story with you, and then we're, how we're going to end this is we're going to ask God, I want us all to be seeing his kingdom and to see the supernatural in ways we have not. Experiencing it, knowing the reality, I don't even know what that's going to look like because we haven't gone there yet. But Sherry, this is Sherry Dell. She had an amazing experience. Um, come on up. Yeah. Sherry's awesome. She's an amazing violinist. Um, and she, so two weeks ago when she was in worship, she had this encounter and I asked her to share it. I don't know how to use this without an instrument. Okay. <laughs> um, well, while I was playing at uh, the Winds of Change um, during worship, um, I became aware that Jesus was there. And Sometimes there's this other person like the spirit inside me that sees and hears and experiences things, and I can still be here and seeing everything here too. So I was aware that Jesus was there, and then um, as the worship started escalating, my spirit went somewhere else. It went to this courtyard that had a very shiny floor and large white marble pillars. And I could still see everything going on here. I could see everybody, and I could also see everybody over there. And like uh, Aletta was in front of me, I could see her here, I could see her there. And um, I know we're not supposed, I didn't see Jesus at this point, and I know we're not supposed to see the Holy Spirit because he's the wind, he's in the background, you know. But I saw this individual that I immediately recognized as the Holy Spirit. And he was full of this silver liquidy, colorful stuff. <laughs> and I don't understand why, but I saw the, f the flags we worship with in that. I, that I don't understand, but it was all turning and like this, and it was fast. And he was having these pulses of excitement. And every time he got excited, we all simultaneously felt the same excitement. Wow. And we were excited because Jesus was coming. The Lamb of God was coming. The reason we're here is coming. What we've been waiting to see our whole lives is about to be here. And so I'm getting very excited. I know I don't show it, but I was very excited. <laughs> and I just kept playing. And, uh, and um, as um, at one point that I don't understand, there was like this thump or like not a sound, but like, a, like the Holy Spirit just went 
and it was like a switch went on and all that colorful silvery stuff was shining out of all of us and it happened in an instant and uh, excitement is still building and it's if that weren't enough these streams of this liquid like laser beams were shooting out of the Holy Spirit into us and it's the excitement still building and then Jesus came and that was really exciting and um, I hesitate to say this but I'm gonna say it anyway I, I don't know what soon means when God says it it could mean years it could mean a lot of things but he spoke right to me at this point and said and it's more like it's more like sharing thoughts so I'm trying to put words to it um, very soon you're gonna be here before you know it before you think and we're so excited we can hardly wait so and I, I still feel like I'm there <laughs> sometimes it's still with me, so it was great. Let's stay here. Stay here. I know. I know many of you are already feeling so much in the spirit tonight because I can see it. I can watch you, like you know, on the edge of your seats, like come on, come on, let's, whatever you want, God, let's go. Um, Remember I said, remember I said that, that um, God can pick us times when he touches us the way he wants. But a lot of times we're thinking it has to be this huge, you know, gargantuan thing. Otherwise, it wasn't God. No, what I'm telling you is tonight he's already been touching us. He's going to touch us some more. And we're going from here to here to here to here. It's not, there's no ebb. It's not coming back. So I don't know how, what he wants to do, but would you just open your hearts for a minute? However, I want to ask Sherry to pray over you. And release whatever the Lord has released. Just, I don't know even what that's going to look like, but just open your hearts. Um, Lord. Yeah. Lord, I just, uh, we want to see you. We want to receive that fire and that, that stuff that's going to go out from us into the world. We want, we want uh, the world to see you in us. And Lord, I just ask that you continue bringing that excitement that excitement that overcomes everything because we're going to see you and we want everyone to see you. I, I was just so happy to be there and I wanted everyone to be there and we just want everyone to experience you. And Lord, I just thank you for bringing us to that, that uh, place. In Jesus' name, just touch us with that fire, with that liquid, with that Holy Spirit that will flow out of us and it's not done by us, it's done by you that you're going to bring us to that place where we see it. We don't have to try. You're going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm asking Terry to come up um, just to release something. Terry, Terry um, oversees our intercession right before the, the service. If some of you have ever wondered why you come in here and it always feels really yummy already, this is one of the one of the reasons why, um, and we have other intercessors back there, and I bless you so much. Thank you. Um, so, the reason why I asked Terry to come up here is because she sees so much in the spirit, and I don't know what what exactly she wants to share, but tonight I know she's seen a lot going on. Now, whenever I hear Terry, I get massively encouraged. Um, I don't I don't feel. Um, like something's wrong with me because I can't see all of what she sees. We all have different gifts that the Lord gives, and you can keep asking for more, right? I want to see more. I want to feel more. 
Um, and so, in fact, I want her to pray that kind of prayer later just to release whatever God has her release. But I just want you to get a picture because every time she shares, I get so encouraged. Because, remember we said the reality of the kingdom, his domain. We need to be more and more aware of just how real this is and what is actually going on. So just share a little bit, whatever the Lord has. Um, every week, Father adds to what he's done the week before. So very shortly, we won't be able to contain it. So, yay! Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, um, where should I start, Dad? Okay, last week while we were praying, um, this beautiful garden manifested in this middle area, a huge tree with, um, and he said the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And then and there was another tree over here, and then there was this little stream and um, this is part of a way bigger thing he's doing. But then he told me at home that, and it happened today, that when we came today, Jesus would be walking in the garden. And so he was walking in the garden, and where Chris is sitting, Jesus was sitting there. And, uh, and we had a beautiful, wonderful talk. And that was, you know, before service. And then it was really cool because the garden has just extended. And this is even like during worship practice. Whoa. Um, the area is all green and flowers. And uh, Terry was saying maybe we could pick the flowers and take them to, out. And, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, yes, what a great thought. So, uh, yeah, we can do that. So, like, this may sound, like, really weird and wild, but as a child, enter in to what Father is doing. You know, that's part of being, you know, the child is just enter in. And before service today, um, I think it was Lily was up here doing this beautiful worship dance with the flags and releasing all of this amazing atmosphere. And that's what... That's what Daddy is inviting us into. And then, um, whoa, whoa. During, um, let me just listen for a minute. Um, this last week, I was on my way home, and there was this huge portal in the sky. Whoa. And um, and then as, as I kept driving, it started raining angels, thousands of angels. And it's, it goes right along with what you just said. <laughs> you know, it's happening. And a lot of times the angels look like rain. You know, look, they look like streaks of silver and they look like rain. And then during worship today, uh, um, you could hear angels singing in worship. Stan came up. And she heard them singing, too. They were singing, especially during one part of the service. And then Roland came up to me, and he, he said, the Holy Spirit said, it's raining in the garden. You know, so that's what our Abba is up to tonight. He wants to bless our socks off and, um, <laughs> and our shoes. And, uh <laughs> and then another thing, I heard um, he's been writing words up above... Um, and he wrote the word more during worship. He wants to do more. He wants us to ask for more. 
you know, so Father, Father, we want more. We want everything that you have for us. Strengthen our spirits by the power of your Holy Spirit to receive and and transmit everything that you you have um, for us and for us to um, to um, for, for it to flow out from us to change the atmosphere wherever we go. Mashine Emasita. Yes, 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 yes. Mashine Tasikana Emasi. Yeah, there's tons of stuff going on here. I strongly encourage you to come and get crazy in, in the presence of the Lord. Also, there's this like bright, shining ball right here. It's hotter here. I have a feeling <laughs> that he wants uh, us to participate in that, too. It'll be wild and wonderful and life-changing and DNA-changing. So let's go for it. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so don't go too far, Terry. I'm, um, I think... <laughs> um, See, you know what's happening is it's like it requires a response. We need a response. And and um, what I want to ask is if you would stand. Some of you are probably wishing I did that 45 minutes ago, right? Um, just to stretch a little bit. But because we just talked about the synergy of the ages, I felt very prompted by the Holy Spirit to bring this one up to you tonight. So I would like us to declare it together. Because that's just that many more voices. We're, now that I gave you some understanding about what it is we're saying, uh, that we're saying that what God starts with a breath, what has been going on with the wind, the rain, the floods, is now bringing the torrents, and this harvest is coming in. What a, what a, what a description of the harvest. Like falling leaves from the mighty oak swept by a hurricane in a great forest. A great forest of oaks. Like what would that look like if a hurricane just whipped off all the leaves? He's saying it's coming in like that. Arms and legs coming down from heaven. Obviously, the, the signs and wonders that we have seen, but coming in so much more, so much more intensity, so much more coming. And there shall be no ebb. So, Holy Spirit, right now, before we, 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 we say this, we're, we're in agreement with you that you're doing something spectacular on the earth. You're ushering it in. It's the Father's decree. It's Jesus paid for it in full. And Holy Spirit, you're the wind ushering it in. Ah. And so we are in agreement as we're, as we're agreeing with a word that you spoke. It wasn't Arthur Bird. It was you that used his voice in 1930. And, and, and we're going all the way back to the Azusa Street and, and what was prophesied in the next 100 years, all of it. God, this is that time. So as we're declaring this, our spirits, even, even if our minds are still wondering, our spirits are in agreement that this is the time we're living in. So let's agree together. God, we're going to agree with the word you spoke through Arthur Bird in 1930. There shall come a breath, and the breath shall bring the wind, and the wind shall bring the rain. And the rain shall bring the floods and floods and floods. And the floods shall bring the torrents and torrents and torrents. 
so shall they be saved like falling leaves from the mighty oaks swept by a hurricane in a great forest. Arms and legs shall come down from heaven and there shall be no ebb. Yes, Lord. And the zeal of the Almighty God is going to make it happen. Ha! Here's the thing. I, the more, as this keeps going, you guys, I don't know how it's going to break out. It's going to be breaking out more and more. I don't even know what I'm saying except that I know it's true. And, and, and it's going to bust out of this place, that's for sure. But even on Saturday nights, you know, worship and various things that the Lord's going to start doing. Um, it's, we've got to be careful again, not be careful, but be like children. We have to receive this like a child. Playful. Yes, daddy, what are you doing next? Because I'm telling you, it'll, it offends our mind when we try to figure it all out. So, um, the reason why I wanted Terry to stay is because every single week, usually, you know, a little bit later, but sometimes there's, there's some playing that's going on in the spirit up here. Like people start to, the angels are starting to touch them and play and do do some fun things. And I also want to be sure that that if you're if you're wanting prayer, I want to pray with you too. Like all of this can happen at the same time. So um I'm gonna ask if you're if you're up for it, Marilyn, would you be willing to come pray with people? And and Terry, your team's up, right? So you can come on up too. And and um um Domily would you would you pray also for people? <laughs> I'll tell you why, Domily, because last week Terry saw all kinds of amazing things coming through you in worship. I've been telling you about it for a long time. So much comes out of you in worship. Get up here because you're going to pray for people. Um, who else? Oh, Diane. Diane Jung. Yeah. Oh. Can you come up here? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see your team, Terry. Are they around? Oh, Terry's team. Come on up. Sherry Dell. Come back up here. <laughs> so this is the last thing I'm going to say is that I have, as the Lord has been has been increasingly making me aware of his presence in the times we're living in, my life is getting lighter and lighter. It's getting easier. It's getting less stressed. It's getting more enjoyable. I'm seeing all everything I'm doing, so long as I'm doing it with the Lord, it's just as spiritual. So it's just as spiritual when Suzanne and I, you know, go out on a date as when I'm doing this, when the Lord's with us, when we're listening to him and doing stuff with him and enjoying life with him. Sometimes we've taken all this way too seriously and it's not been good for us. Like I, I know this is, I know there's a lot of serious things going on, but we've got to enjoy life along the way. That's actually his plan. And so for some of you, you just need some of the heaviness lifted off. Like you've been taking yourself way too seriously for others. You're like, man, I just want to dive into the river. You know, let me, let me go. I have no idea what that's going to look like right now. So, yeah, Joseph, you could just be blowing that shofar. That's cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That works. 
Yes. That is an example of being a child in the kingdom. We're so worried about what people are going to think about us. How about if we just revel in the goodness of Papa and his domain that you are in? So I don't know what this is going to look like, but come on up for some. Okay? There you go. That's your invitation.